0: Welcome to the Pursuit of Wellbeing podcast. My name's Maria Brosnan. I'm the founder of Pursuit and your host for the show. This podcast is dedicated to providing wellbeing information, inspiration and support for teachers, leaders and school staff around the world. My guest today is Mark Goodwin. For 20 years, Mark was a teacher, school leader, trainer and coach. He's now the founder of Equal Parts Education, delivering turnaround programmes to permanently excluded young people. Such important work, isn't it? He works with staff on behaviour and wellbeing through teaching schools, schools and universities. Mark's passion is still in the classroom and most days he's teaching across all phases in special, alternative or mainstream with particular needs. Mark, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Maria. A very generous welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Well, the theme that we're going to be talking about today is boys that challenge. And just in terms of setting that up, I think from from my perspective as, as the host of the podcast, the whole purpose of the podcast is to support teachers and leaders' well-being. And if we look at why people are leaving the profession, the number one reason is workload and the second reason is behaviour. Yeah. So I think the purpose of this conversation is just to look at what, is challenging behaviour and some tips and strategies and tools to help people that might be struggling with that does that sound like a good starting point no
1: that's great maria um and um i'll just go back to something you said in the introduction about uh about me still being in the classroom and you know 20 years on uh the work i do now with unhappy students um is predominantly with boys um who um fall the most foul of uh, schools and schools behavior policies and uh, education um, they are overwhelmingly the bulk of my work and uh, just this morning uh, I was working with uh, with a lad and um, so uh, it, in the current climate 20 years later uh, 20 years ago um, my first classes I still remember them well my first form my first GCSE class and of course the challenge as a new teacher is with the the, the boys uh, at the back of your GCSE class or the the boys in your form. I picked up a year 11 form, which is a, a long story, but um, certainly um, it gave me a lot to work with in that first year as an NQT. Uh, but I often go back to, you can find quotes in, I'm a history teacher, Maria, so you can find quotes in ancient history about, the difficulty of teaching boys really? uh, you can yeah there's quotes apparently attributed to socrates um you know bemoaning the lack of respect of the uh, of the boys um who are in front of him and how they cheat their elders and question everything that's so you know it's it, it's one of those age-old um challenges uh, that we have and i think I, I i don't mind um broadening that out out into a societal um, issue as well because you know boys fill our courts, they fill our prisons, and um, some boys really struggle uh, with, um, with with the, the challenge challenges of life. Um, and uh, I think I probably at this point uh, offer a little caveat that you know there's there's lots of other students uh, who can be difficult. Um, there's lots of boys that succeed. There's lots of boys that thrive. There's lots of boys that achieve fantastic things. Uh, But teachers aren't leaving the profession because of those boys. Uh, They're leaving the profession because of the challenges uh, and sometimes unreasonable challenge uh, that that young boys, young men uh, present. So um, I have um, embraced this all my teaching life. Because I wanted, I, I was a young teacher, and I wanted all kids to like my lessons. And it, it frustrated me that there'd be um, typically a couple of lads that would um, not take it seriously, challenge my authority, but find it difficult to do work. And so I've always tried to find and start find a solution to that problem. Um, I was never very uh, quick to uh, put kids out, uh, to, to, to send them out of lessons or send them to another teacher. I felt like it was something that I had to do myself. And really, I've just carried on that work, Maria. I, I've always looked to find an answer to the problem, to a problem, find a solution. And um, increasingly, when I go out and speak to staff and train staff, so like, what do we do with these boys? What do we do with year nine boys? What do we do with year 10 boys? Um, and so. Um, I recognize the uh, the challenge that they present, uh, but I'd also like to think that I've got um, some ideas around how to approach um, boys when you get them in a lesson that will um, help you to connect with them, um, help them to pick up with uh, the work you want them to do, help them to, to be the success that they have the potential to be. Um, so I'm happy to talk to that,
0: Maria, yeah. yeah. And, and you were talking about boys in year nine, year 10, quite, quite specifically children, young men in secondary school. Does what we're about to talk about apply across the age range, or are we talking specifically secondary, or will these things help primary age boys?
1: Yeah, I think primary colleagues would recognise, Maria, that um, what we're talking about um, when we talk about year nine boys uh, can be evidenced in uh, year five and year six boys, uh, occasionally younger, uh, but in the work that I do now um, the, the, the first two boys I work with who'd been permanently excluded were both permanently excluded from year five those are the first two boys that I picked up with I know you can it raises an eyebrow when I say that um, but um, for those um, uh, maybe teachers aren't aware of, um, of the challenges even in um, key stage two and um, I mean if you really want to gasp um i've worked with a um, year two lad that was permanently excluded Mm. Um, and so uh, these problems do feature uh, much lower down at much younger ages uh, increasingly in year five and six but i would say that most teachers would recognize the challenge coming from boys as they Uh, as they reach adolescence and you know year eight uh, and year nine in particular i've always thought was can be quite tricky um so um primary colleagues uh, are experiencing this and um yeah i've i worked with um let's say uh j and and h from from last year um and we um we, we got them back in um by the end of year six they'd found their um year seven schools and we supported them into uh, a successful transition into year seven. So um, we, we it's normally a good news story, but it takes a bit of work uh, to, to get them back in. And my argument, my philosophy always is Maria, is that to get um, upstream of the problem and engage with boys before they're excluded, before they go too far down the uh, behavior um, process, uh, the behavior interventions because um, that, that way um, they're, they're more li- liable to succeed. If, uh, if you leave the intervention until the very end of the, of the punishments or the interventions that they're going to receive, then it's a lot more difficult to pull them back to learning and to pull them back to, yeah. to school. It can be done, but it's a lot more difficult. So I always train when I speak to staff is about strategies that can support boys in class, when they're in front of you so that they don't disengage. We want to keep them with us, we want to keep them learning, and we want to be able to deal with their challenges. So
0: um let's get to that point. Yeah. Let's let's see what you we talked about um before before we started here, five key things that that teachers can do to manage boys with challenging behaviour. So do you want to just talk us through some of these the, the five key things that you would recommend
1: um, I think um, it, it comes in, in stages um, and um, the first stage is just those um, you know, classroom essentials um, that are important whatever class you've got in front of you, uh, whether it's a boy heavy class, whether it's a year nine class, but whether it's a year eight class um, and you establish those routines, um, you establish those expectations, uh, you meet and greet at the door. Um, you um, set a high bar in terms of the behaviour that you expect, the learning that you expect, the engagement that you expect. But you, you have a particular focus on, uh, on the boys and well, what's needed is a, is a friendliness, I, I do believe, a friendliness, but also an assertiveness uh, about those expectations. So uh, very quickly, um, boys are, um, need to see that you're the boss. Mm -hmm. and that's uh, whether and that's the teacher's role um so that friendliness um assertiveness is on a similar spectrum to support and challenge um when uh, in your teacher role when you're building this relationship with the class but um so on a very simple level that's that's pretty standard uh classroom management and behavior management but i suggest going a step further and um, find a bit more out about the boys um, try and understand their context um, I recognise that's easy for me as a, as a male um, I, I have some experience of the, um, the, the, the male psyche of the male wiring um, I do have I, I wasn't particularly good at school um, certainly not the first time round so uh, I, I do have a particular uh, way in Uh, of understanding boys but um, I've seen staff across the board do this well Um, understand the context of the boys you're teaching what what is the the school catchment expectation of those boys what what typically are those boys doing um, outside of school and an experienced member of staff will tell you whether it's a uh, whether they're rugby boys or football boys, or whether they're, war- they're, they're sporty boys, or whether they're academic boys, or whether there's a strong cadets in in the local area, or a strong scout troop, or there's a the local football team, or is it a rugby team? They, these aren't, you're not dealt, you're not uh, finding out um, deep private information about these boys. It's just being able able to connect with their world and show an interest. Um, I mean, um, I go back to um, a recent example is cars. I have no interest in cars, Maria. Um, My my family, um, absolutely, um, I'm mostly embarrassed about the car that I drive, but it's just never been a thing for me. Mm -hmm. But so many boys, uh, cars are a passion and I just show a passing interest. So with a lad I'm working with at the moment, it's motorbikes. I've got no interest in motorbikes, but I don't have to know a lot about motorbikes. All I have to do is just show an interest in it he'll talk about motorbikes so we do a lot of english through his interest in motorbikes Um, Mm -hmm. we do a lot of maths around and science around the bike i only have to mention the bike and it it forms a connection Mm -hmm. so um find out what 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 motivates and interests the boys and if you build that connection then there's a way of uh, a way in with perhaps more complex issues um, like history like maths uh, and like science but um it's just that social glue uh, around a lesson um it's that relationship building um that shows that you are um approachable uh, you're a human you've got an, a connection with them you've got an interest with them and on the back of that if that relationship if that kind of connection is made then you can really push them academically because they trust you and they know that they can learn with you so um the initial setup and um, a connection with um, young men, uh, with, with lads and their interests. Um, when it comes to the work, um, something I do, I think this is I think this is number two, uh, Maria. Uh, um, <laughs> number two is to um, make try, try and see the work that you're doing through their eyes. Um, if you've got a challenging boy, there's probably a reason for that challenge. And um, if you are a a conscientious teacher, you'll try and understand what that that challenge is. And it may be ADHD, Uh, it may be dyslexia. Um, It may be some other need that, so if you look at the work from his point of view that you're about to set, I just, uh, I just, uh, I obviously, I follow schemes when I'm in school, I've got plans. Um, to, to to deliver specs uh, at GCSE or at Key Stage 3. But I just look at the work that I've got planned from the point of view of the most disruptive boy that, that either I'm working with one-to-one or in the class. What what does the literacy expectations of my activity look like to somebody that finds reading difficult? Um, am I asking them to do group work where he'd find that really difficult uh, to, to contribute? Um, am, I, am I doing a topic um that is uh, he's never done before i mean is there a a structure in to the questions that i could just uh, offer him a starting point a glossary um is there something that i could do to help his engagement with that uh, lesson because can i and, ask you and, question?
0: sorry can i ask yeah. you a question then mark because if i'm a busy teacher and uh, are you suggesting that i ha- how do i physically tackle this if i've got say a handful of Boys in my class that have challenging behaviour. Yeah, okay. How I, do I, I do this if I've got another twenty-five students that I'm dealing with as well? So physically, how do I do this in my class? In uh,
1: what what I would say, um, Maria, is that um, you're spending five minutes extra time planning to potentially save you forty minutes of heartache and 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 a, a lesson going um, you know, um, quite badly wrong. Um, uh, and uh, so I would say that that's uh, it's actually a, a, a potential workload and stress saviour, um, and just five minutes. Uh, the the bulk of those, yeah. I mean, is it um, your, your it's special treatment, isn't it? Uh, but we know that some some students need that extra five minutes of thought or extra five minutes of attention if they're going to engage with the work. And I, I just I just point to the um the, the the time saving of uh, a potentially difficult lad being on task in your lesson for the whole lesson there's no um confrontation about the work there's no arguments about points being issued there's no slt call out because you've spent those five minutes before the lesson thinking about what it looks like um and uh, i don't mind saying that that's uh that that's compassion maria that's um seeing them from uh, seeing them where they are meeting them where they are yeah. seeing seeing them how they see learning um and just being uh, it's a generosity of spirit that is that's good awesome. for everybody's well-being maria yeah. you
0: know. and and let's get specific i love that and let's get specific then so if you're saying perhaps there's a um a boy that's struggling to engage with the text uh, just as an example what could the teacher then do? What would you advise them? Let's get really specific and tactical. What could they do differently to consider? So I um,
1: I sometimes uh, copy text and highlight keywords oh. um, or uh, provide a glossary uh, or break the text down into um, a, a different structure mm-hmm. so that it doesn't look so, um, so overwhelming. Um, if they've got a TA working with them, um, then you could ask the TA to... Um, use a marker um you know a book marker or a a visual screen um something that um makes them uh, sometimes timings as well we're going to do this for i hate you know a lad will typically i hate reading i'm not reading okay we'll be doing this for five minutes can we do it for five minutes five minutes is that all yeah five minutes we're just going to do five minutes of reading Mm -hmm. okay yeah i can do that you sure yeah i can do five minutes and of course then it doesn't matter how long you read for because they've engage with the task and usually you can't push it but 5 minutes can easily become 10 or 12 minutes and they've lost sight of the original difficulty which was their fear of reading you've um um you've uh um overcome helped them to overcome their fear of reading so um all of those um i mean we don't have as teachers we have less choice about the books we read um but uh, there might be uh, a bit of flexibility depending on the the, the teacher you are about the kind of reading that you do. Uh, And certainly when I work one-to-one with boys, um, I've used everything from, um, uh, you know, um, motorcycle magazines uh, to to, um, uh, features on boxes uh, to uh, graphic novels, um, goosebumps, um, you know, anything there's, um, so many. We 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 are clever as teachers, and we can come up with any number of engaging texts that would catch the eye of a you know a disgruntled boy. Um, it is difficult when you've got to deliver Dickens or, or Shakespeare. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I'd argue that there's there's ways in it for boys, and whether that's um, a visual uh, you know Macbeth in um, in comic form, um, or just I, I don't mind really going to lowest common denominator, Maria, and talking about blood, guts and war. If that gets a boy engaged in Macbeth, if I've done that before and told them this is all about power, this is all about the brutal um, seizure of power and power over other people and murder and witches. And, you know, that's lowest common denominator. But if that gets a a lad picking up with, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, I I wish it was Shakespeare for the love of great literature but sometimes we've got to play the lowest play a lower common denominator and of course we do I mean I
0: I hated Shakespeare when I was a kid because I never had I never had a teacher that could engage me with it my husband loved Shakespeare because he had a fantastic teacher that could speak in a way that engaged so it it makes perfect sense what you're saying and they're tied together beautifully so if you find out what you're, what your challenging boys really like, and then you can link it somehow, then that makes perfect sense. Shall we move um, to... Sorry?
1: sorry. Yeah, oh, sorry, Maria. I was just going to say that um, it is... I mean, it, it's such a, um, a varied um, um, response. When you say about strategies for boys, it's such... A, because at the same time of, uh, of discussing lowest common denominator... Common denominator um, I sometimes go to the very top as well because boys have a, a competitive in some uh, some boys have a competitive instinct, mm. and um, they switch off or challenge because they fear failure. And sometimes I go, you know, right, you know, do you want a grade A? You know, do you want a grade B? And if you, you know, some boys need that kind of intervention where it's about um, tapping into that need to succeed. You know that that how that plays with maybe parents or their peer group. Mm-hmm. They fear failure, so they become difficult and a challenge in a lesson. And some of them, sometimes it's about playing to the highest common denominator as well, and saying things like, "Well, you know, Shakespeare is really difficult, actually, but you know, you let's give it a go. It is quite tricky, you know. It is quite difficult. Do you think you can? Do you think you can? And it, it's playing to their that that little nugget of of competition and hierarchy and status. So, it, it does work both ways, and we, we know uh, as teachers that um, challenge can come from um, difficulty, um, uh, but challenge can also come from, from fear of um, uh, achievement and fear of success and un- uncertainty around success. So, um, it's a different conversation, but with a, 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 a similar ethos. You're trying to find a way to connect this work with Uh, a a lad who's displaying challenging tendencies so sometimes it's high sometimes it's low maria so
0: yeah and that's point number three then is to have high expectations about about them and their behavior and their work
1: yeah i absolutely i mean um i I don't get it often because i think I'm, i'm pretty clear about where i'm coming from but you do sometimes get a bit of pushback like um well don't ask me to be his mate or you know um well, you're just dumbing it down, you know. Comics, you're dumbing it down, mm. and um, I, 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 don't get annoyed very often, Maria, but uh, I do um, quite, quite strongly push back against that because uh, my expectations are: I, I, I want young men that you know that I that I'd be proud of. That uh, you know, I want to see um, young men in schools contributing positively in society positively so my expectations are that they can take responsibility for example uh they don't shirk they don't make excuses and they don't lie and they don't um uh speak disrespectfully of uh other people in the class or girls in the class or other teachers so i i talk about responsibility but i talk about potential so it's a it's a double-edged thing but um it's always high expectations i i want the i know for me personally um, a GCSE exam is not the be all and end all, but, um, the, the school system is in the UK is set up for, um, for that as their, their measure of success. And it opens the doors to onward progression in, in education. Um, so I, I talk in those terms that, um, that, uh, I want them to succeed. Uh, I want them to get the, the best grade they possibly can, but I also want them to, um, be kind and, um, uh, speak positively mm. and take responsibility and be compassionate themselves so um uh, my expectations are uh, across the board and i don't um i'm not soft on the lads uh, i think yeah. that's where you'll get taken for a ride um because yeah, they'll, they'll see that as a weakness yeah um, so i don't mind holding a, a very high line when it comes to the work and the um, because my argument is that if you once you get engagement from boys uh, and I've done this before you can do philosophy for example you know you can do um, uh, the, the the more difficult uh, aspects of, of of English and I've done Shakespeare with permanently excluded lads mm. I've done Dickens I've done English GCSE and I don't think there's much more difficult than that uh, with the current specs with. Uh, lads that were target grades of ones and twos and we've done the text and we've read the text and we've struggled through it so um, the high expectations about work and about behavior um, but keep them flexible you know I've got high expectations those are the foundations um, but you have to give kids uh, a a bit of wiggle room as well um, around those so have a good conversation when they do make mistakes yeah. um and um that's an important especially with boys because um boys make a mistake and for boys it can be a loss of status um it can be um in their view really damaging um and um that's where you can uh, you can lose everything with a, a, a criticism that's delivered um harshly um or unthinkingly um so, have a, have a conversation about mistakes ready because boys being boys will we'll make mistakes. And um, so uh, that, that's one of the things that I do uh, talk about is, is conversations around mistakes. They've got to make mistakes, but you've got to be able to draw them back in uh, to you as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And actually, well, talking about mistakes and what, what specifically would you say? Because, of course, everybody makes mistakes. And, and I think in schools we set up... Uh, failure to be this terrible thing, rather yeah, than yeah. if we if we talk about it more openly and encourage it and fail fast and and learn from your failures, even if we call them failures, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. How can we talk to boys about mistakes where they? I completely agree with. They feel like they lose face or they lose status in yeah, the room.
1: The... Yeah. Well, I'd go back to that um, th- those opening um, the, the opening part of our conversation, Marie, where we talked about the kind of relationship you build with the. Um, Without that relationship, um, a a mistake and the questions or challenge that comes around mistake will be viewed just purely as criticism um, and will be rejected. If there's a relationship in place based around um, an understanding of their context, based around um, high expectations, then the mistake, the conversation can be had where the where your my the teacher's intervention is feedback um it's it's feedback i'm just giving you feedback so um and that 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 in itself is a is a starting point where that conversation might be engaged with and and might be accepted um i always go back to potential maria when, when i talk the potential and i say that You know, I I work with you. You're in my lesson. And uh, as a pupil in my lesson or because I'm working with you, I believe you have unlimited potential. Mm. Okay, you've made a mistake. Uh, Everybody deserves a a clean page. Everybody deserves a fresh start. Um, I'm more than prepared to give you that. In fact, that's what we do at this school. You know, most schools (laughs) would would, uh, um, operate on that policy. Um, but the punchline and the killer line is that everybody makes a mistake, but only a fool repeats it. Mm. And so if, if the lads are hearing that from year seven from their teachers, they've got a bit of space there to you know, call out um, or to say the wrong thing or to forget the homework or to chat after they've been told. But, but you're telling them that it doesn't meet your expectations. You understand that they were just chatting, but don't do it again. I mean, the frustration I feel is that is that lads get to year ten and you're still telling them about, yeah, you know, they you know, they 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 are not buying it. They they haven't had the right sort of conversations. Um, but I, I believe that um, giving lads a blank slate, um, also looking for the positives. Yes, you've made one mistake. Let's uh, a lad to to protect themselves with will sometimes catastrophise it. Well, this is the end of the world. I've got a detention or I've been I'm in isolation. So. I'm worthless. I hate this school. I, I, I give up. So they catastrophize it. So what you're trying to do to, to stop that, you, um, you recognize that the mistake um, is that there's a context to it. And there's been, you know, four weeks, five weeks of really positive behavior, countless examples when things have gone well. Mm -hmm. um countless examples of work that's been done well countless examples of relations this is just one example where it's worth and you come back from this you come back from this by making amends doing doing what's necessary whatever the school says and um and then forgiving yourself you know that's a powerful conversation to have with a lad the first time they hear that from me you want to hear you want to see lads faces drop when you say forgive yourself but it's really important because shame and embarrassment just Mm -hmm you know reinforces the feelings the worthless feelings some lads have about themselves so you know schools are getting it wrong when they try to humiliate lads or or shame them because that just feeds into their negative self-perception so you know i say forgive yourself but but don't let it happen again what are you going to do to avoid this in the future and you have a conversation about relationships you have a conversation
0: yeah And that leads nicely to the, to the fourth point where you say to see the best in them. So can you talk about how I I love that idea of helping them even learn that skill of forgiving themselves. Um, So what else can you do to see the best help for you to see the best in them and help them see the best in themselves?
1: So I talk about being human, Maria, we're human beings, you know? um, So um, here's, here's an example. Um, on Friday, a lad I'm working with um, has started in year seven, a um, uh, looked after and vulnerable kid who had real difficulties in year six. And he started in year seven, and in the first six days, he managed to pick up two points. Uh, and in that school's behavior policy, that means he gets a detention. Mm. So um, he. Um, Uh, he picked up a point for forgetting his homework and he picked up a point for chatting in a a lesson after being given a warning. So, fair cop, uh, two points equals a 15-minute detention. To him, it was the end of the world. Everything that he'd done to try and put things right had gone out the window, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I I, I had this long conversation talking about all these different things that uh, I've just talked about. But I said to him about my recent falling foul recently of the speeding cameras uh, uh uk speeding cameras and i said do you think it's any different for us um l uh, do you think it's any different I'm, I'm a grown adult i know the speed limit and uh i got zapped um doing uh 20 26 in a 20 mm-hmm. um but it was a 20 mile an hour zone in place i don't know blah blah, blah. and i told him i've got to go and do um uh, a speed awareness course and he's you know, he's like, I'm trying to get him to understand that this is what happened. So mm. what could I do? I could, um, you know, shout and argue at the police. Forget it. It's not going to make them change their mind. I could blame the speed cam. Why is there a speed camera there? You know, I could make all sorts of excuses about I didn't know the area, mm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. But human beings and how we deal with mistakes and uh, sharing that with him uh, helped him to understand that he needed to... Um, uh, accept what's happened, forgive himself, um, do the detention, but also give himself a clean uh, page and to go in on Monday, which he has. And um, I always push the boys to apologise. I, I know it's not, it's not fashionable, um, but there's there's a real power in apologising. And he said, but yeah, but I said, well, if you say sorry, what message are you sending to that teacher? And and he, he knew that she would think that he was took himself seriously, that he was a well-mannered young man. And um, in the background, his his carer was kind of like almost breaking down. She was like, because he was saying all these things that showed a level of reflection and a maturity for an 11 year old. Uh, And he did it and he he apologised. And I'm hoping that that will help him to to move forward. Uh, But it certainly gave him uh, a lot more in his toolbox than he might have had when that first detention comes along. And that, might...
0: that's beautiful that beautifully leads to your final point which is about appealing to his better nature yeah, yeah and how to you know it's not easy to apologize but if somebody can just skillfully help you learn to do that and yeah appeal appealing to to his better nature felt
1: well everything everything i do in schools um is driven by a recognition that in in, in society uh, young people get a raw deal you know most of the time uh, young people i mean covid's their fault now uh, you know young people uh, they're getting you know they get blamed they get criticized a lot um so it's just trying to um you know it's trying to visualize what help help all students but but lads especially help them to visualize what they might be and if that if that sounds a bit woo-woo uh, that, that's really what i'm trying to do it, it's yeah, yeah. they need to picture themselves as you know a young man that uh, it, it fulfills their potential um that um, pleases their parents that finds meaning and purpose in their life uh, in their job um values themselves so i'm trying to help them to visualize that by saying well you know i i think you're super smart um h you know I, I think you've got a brain the size of stoke on trent j you know and it's it's a little bit of um fake it till you make it um but it's done with a very um uh, honest and compassionate heart mm. and i see it draw dividends all the time because sometimes we're trying to dig some lads because of their schooling sometimes because of their parenting sometimes because of their interaction with you know other adults outside school have got a pretty low opinion of themselves and you know you have to give them um the the opportunity to visualize and then act in esteemable ways and you know there's um that's a bit of a mantra of mine is that self-esteem is built through esteemable acts so it's just helping lads to act in a way that we want them to, you know, to be themselves, to be authentic, to achieve and, and, and have a smile on their face and not go around hating the world and, um, you know, fighting teachers, you know, challenging teachers. So, um, yeah, um, helping them to see that is a big part of that because they sometimes struggle to see it themselves. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mark, thank you that we've Whiz through half an hour and, and five of your <laughs> really... we crammed a lot into
1: that, Maria, not we? We've crammed a lot in there.
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I think it, to, to summarise what you've said, though, it feels like building relationships and meeting these boys where they are, and of course it applies to all students, but the boys that you're finding most challenging in your class and building that relationship over the course of the academic year, it's not going to happen in five minutes. It's not going to happen in one lesson, but having high expectations, seeing the boys... Um, how did you describe it Uh, appealing to his better nature seeing the best of them looking at your planning through their eyes and just getting to know them a little bit to understand what they're interested in because not all boys are going to be interested in sport or rugby or bikes or cars they might that might be music it might be something that we don't necessarily link with boys but whatever it is for them if we can just find that little seed of interest in them it will help
1: build that and it it, you don't have to share their interest you just have to listen and you know you just have to ask that oh tell me a bit more about that and um you know you find out more than you needed to know about um chihuahuas or weasels (laughs) or um you know um uh, livestock but uh, hey ho and i I just you know to, to kind of bring it back to what we opened up with you know um I, I I do this and I speak on this because um I, I want to give staff uh make reference to things that have worked for me, things that continue to work for me, so that staff don't leave the profession because of the, the, the challenges they face, but they feel empowered um to go and um to continue having a go. And um it is difficult and you know a challenging class can be you know, um, so draining, so difficult. But there are ways to to win with with a with a challenging class and challenging students. Mm. And I, I just hope that in there is something that would help um, a uh, uh, teachers, whether they're young teachers or more experienced teachers, to go back to a, a class or to go back to a lad with a with a different approach mm. and um, see a more positive connection being made
0: thank you mark
1: that's a nice pleasure pleasure. maria thank you for having me
0: thank you it's a pleasure well if you'd like to reach out to mark um, i've been speaking with mark goodwin you can find mark on twitter at mark goodwin eight that's number eight his website is equalpartseducation.co.uk and we mark has written um, a very simple one-page boy-friendly lesson at your school pack that you can download wherever you're watching this or come to our website or mark's website i'm sure it'll be up there soon mark yes (laughs) Uh, yes (laughs) uh, and yeah reach out to mark if if you need any support with with uh, dealing with challenging behavior of boys
1: absolutely maria thank you
0: thanks so much for listening now check out our website pursuitwellbeing.com and take our free teacher anxiety quiz i'll include the link in the description below The quiz only takes a couple of minutes and you'll get a better understanding of where you are today, plus tips to immediately feel better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you feel inspired, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. I love getting your feedback and learning how we can improve our program.